nerd. 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 I'm not kissing a nerd. What is a nerd? Welcome to Nerdables. This is episode 55. This week we are talking The Simpsons Marathon, Doctor Who Season 8, Guardians of the Galaxy back on top while Sin City falls flat, and we say goodbye to Lord Richard Attenborough and Robin Williams. I'm R.A. Rain, and joining me once more are Chris and Ethan. What's up? Hey guys. Hey. We had... Two weeks off, I guess, between this one that and the Guardians. really creepy. <laughs> hey. Hey, guys. What's up? How's it going? Yes, we had weeks off because all of us were busy last week. Yes. So, uh, Chris. Go it. Well, no, let's let's do it in, you, in order. Let's you want to go in order? Yeah. Do the Save the sad stuff for last. Okay. Bah, 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 the first one. So, you had, yeah, so I guess you had some really big joy this week because the Simpsons Marathon started. There's a Simpsons Marathon? So Chris hasn't slept for the last couple <laughs> days, right? No, I have. They just haven't slept as much. His I've DVR noticed. is just filling up massively. No, the, I didn't. I, I put, uh, I put like my absolute favorites or ones that I hadn't seen in forever in the DVR because they are, they're not the syndication cuts. They're the original right. cut episodes. So there are moments in... A lot of them that I haven't seen, even though I have the DVDs. Well, that's um, and that's what I was going to say. A, well, it's it's a it's a matter of convenience because all my friends are doing this. Mikey's doing it. Uh, White Chocolate's doing it. Eric, you know, Eric's doing it. Um, Ryan, our friend Ryan, is yep. doing it, and he's got most of the DVDs too. And people I know at work that are doing, you know, watching episode after episode after episode, they're saying the same thing. Like we all have the DVDs, we all have the original cut, but there's right. something about just waking up first thing in the morning and rolling over and turning on the TV and you're like, oh, the Simpsons are on. Yeah. You know, getting home from work at 11 o'clock um, and, and going home, turning on the TV and the Simpsons are on, you know, that sort of thing. So, well, yeah, and I usually do, I, I do that with, well, Pirates and Doctor Who and Firefly and Star Wars and anything else that seems like it's... <laughs> But even with The Simpsons, there was one point this weekend where there was a Firefly Marathon, a Doctor Who Marathon, and and The Simpsons Marathon. And I was literally, like, every five minutes flipping between one of the three of them. I haven't changed the channel in my room. I haven't changed the channel since Thursday. So what do you think about – there's a couple people saying that this is actually ruining The Simpsons on on FXX. No, it's not going to – the thing with it is – the Simpsons has been in syndication for 25, 20, 20, 17 years. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's been... It's been in syndication nearly as long as it's... Well, I, I guess not... The earlier no, stuff I mean, was it's... because there really wasn't syndication. No, well, well, you also you had to wait. You had, right. Yeah, you're, if you don't sell it to your own network, you have to wait like five years. Right. You got to get the five seasons before it. So it was somewhere in six or seven where they sold it syndication. And it was on Fox back home. You know, the local Fox channel here, and it was on at 6.30, 7.30, and 11, and we used to watch it all the time. And right. And as they acquired Big Bang Theory and other, and then TMZ and Dish Nation and all the other crap that they have on, it moved to, like, just one half hour. Yeah. There was a point also on Fox Local where they were showing the latest three seasons that they had, because it's also, like, two seasons behind. Mm-hmm. The current season and then the last season are not in syndication whenever it's out. Right. It's It goes... You know, two seasons before that, they were showing the three most recent seasons they have consecutively over and over and over again. 
They didn't show any of the earlier ones because none of them were in HD. And they were like, well, we have HD, so we're not going to show you them. Mm -hmm. That was really stupid. Like, I guess they were waiting to, to convert them or whatever. It's just, it was dumb. So a lot of those older episodes, I haven't seen in a long time. We were here Saturday night, and we watched Who Shot Mr. Burns 1 and 2. I've right. seen one a billion times, but I haven't seen two in forever. Um, I forgot half the jokes in two, and I think the one that I ended up nearly losing my – I had a brain aneurysm over is one of the syndication cuts with grandpa's, you know, I never thought I could shoot down a German plane, but <laughs> last year I proved myself wrong. I mean, it was just so fantastic. Yeah, Beth walked in the one in the room one more, one point and you were laughing so hard at what something. That She's was just like, I I like the Simpsons and small doses, but I just don't get why because you're... it's amazing. It's it's the it is it is consistently the most brilliantly written show on TV. Yeah, and, and for as long as it's been on, to stay consistent with that, it's pretty amazing. It's it shows the, you how talented the writers when really you, are. When you really watch those episodes, like we've been talking about, like what may be our favorites. I have like a fairly consistent top four, top five. Sure. And we were trying to nail down one, and I think it's Bart on the Road, mm-hmm. the spring break episode where he gets a fake license, and oh, yeah. he travels with uh, Nelson, Milhouse, and uh, Martin. Right. And there are so many there are so many gags in that. that exactly. That's <laughs> Ethan's right. losing I, the shit I right think, now. <laughs> I think of that episode, and I start to laugh because there are so many... There's so many gags that are based on the delivery. There's so many gags that are based on the situations. There's so many gags that are based on the visual. It's just – and there's just a step out of left field. You're in Tennessee. They don't have any money because mm-hmm. Martin spent his last $20 on a talking Al Gore doll. Right. And people are just like, what's the big – because he's a senator from Tennessee, and he was a rock star in Tennessee at that time. Mm-hmm. And just the you are listening to me talk. It's perfect. <laughs> The, the this this scenes where they're driving and they stop and get ice cream, then they stop at a way station, then they stop and pick up a hitchhiker, and then the hitchhiker asks to get ice cream. Right. It's a it's a perfect circle, and then just that last piece where they're sitting in there and they all have the the the, the ice cream, and the hitchhiker says, uh, oh, "I didn't think I was rehabilitated, but uh, I guess they needed the extra bed." Perfect line, mm-hmm. and it, it's just very quick and it's out, and it, you take a second to realize. He just said that he's in a mental institution and was let out, and he's sitting in a car with a bunch of 10-year-old boys who are driving in the middle of nowhere. And that's that's the humor. Of it. It's such a great episode. There's so many like that. There's so many great gags. The grandpa one, the misdirection of that. You know, Grandpa is famously a World War II veteran in right. the show. And I never thought I could shoot down a German airplane, but last year I proved myself wrong. <laughs> that's one of the funniest things ever. It, there's so much subtlety to it in in – but also to be such a brilliant family show. Well, there's so many things that they got away with that you really can't get away with anymore. Like the episode where Bart shoots the bird was on today. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can't get away with having, even in cartoons, you can't really get away with a kid shooting a bird anymore without well, somebody. The know. way that they, the way that they handle it afterwards, if you show that side of consequence for it, then I think you could. Yeah. If you go back and watch those episodes in, in 90, 91, 92, it's amazing that people thought that was risque at the time. Right. Like the Simpsons used to push the boundaries. I'm like, that's not even close. And it wasn't even the most risque show on its own channel. That was Married with Children. Oh, yeah. But it definitely. was just, it, it blew up so quickly, so phenomenally quickly. I mean, I still remember in 88 just being in middle school and you couldn't turn the corner without someone with a Bart with Simpsons Bart Tim- t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. With one of those. Well, things. I, because re- I, you know, I'm dating myself, but I remember when they first aired on the Tracy Allman show. 
and how they were just the, the quick little shorts and you know the animation was really bad homer's voice was completely different but well, that's the other fun thing is to go through and see the difference you know as, as the first part of uh waylon smithers being black <laughs> yeah. and as it came to it i think in the commentary for that that first episode they said something like he could have hit the triumphant if they had just made him uh jewish right because he could have been a black like... gay jew um <laughs> so might as well make him a woman while they're at it uh but he was black there's an episode that i caught it where lenny and carl's voices are separate or are, are, are flipped oh yeah carl's talking to homer but he's got lenny's voice and i was like ah oh, they didn't know that one either um the way that the, the first uh, the the Ralph Wiggum model was used on an early episode when uh, Lisa gets a pony, yeah, and his voice is just a normal voice, yeah. He, well, know? he was a normal kid in the very yeah, beginning. and he was just beginning, and then they changed it, and and that he's not referred to as Ralph. He's just sitting on a fence post watching her with her pony, and he says something, you know, so like what 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 man can tame her or something like that. And it's just in a regular voice, and then they use that model for later. Mm-hmm. It's fun to see if you watch the. I thought I was kicking the dog, but I forgot the dog's not here. Um, uh, if you watch the uh, the Camp Krusty episode, yeah, another amazing episode. Um, oh, the subtleties in that are so good. Uh, it's fun to see when they're all singing. All of the kid models are in there. The ones they use in the backgrounds that right. they bring forward, like they use. Uh, Lisa's rival Allison is the the like main background model. She's almost the 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 child that's in the back all the time. They also have the first version of Lisa, the first version of Milhouse, the old version of Bart is in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. I think the first version of Nelson is in there. So they just like use some of those older designs as they throw them in there. God, I love that episode. Too. Well, I actually noticed they did the same thing with the, like some of the pictures in the Simpsons houses. Mm-hmm. Like there's you see like the old Homer in the background. Mm-hmm. Like you noticed the other night there was Abraham Lincoln in one of the pictures. Yeah, I think Abraham. The, there's like a silhouette of Abraham Lincoln back there. But yeah, they just throw in those different things. Well, let's say Ruth Powers, the the neighbor. Once she was used, she's in every crowd shot. Yeah, every crowd shot uses Ruth Powers. Um, the same thing with the. Uh, the 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 belly dancer that Homer dances with like in the first season, she that that head and hairstyle are in almost every crowd shot too, so it's fun to see like the little animation cheats and stuff like that. Well, it's also fun noticing you know, like the color palette has changed and gotten so much richer over the years. Well, yeah, I mean look at what what you can do now. You know, they they changed everything after the movie, right? It shows how much that I was actually watching it at the time. I didn't realize they had changed the intro after the movie for like a season and a half. <laughs> I was watching it at one point. Like, oh, they changed the intro. Like, yeah, they changed it a year and a half ago after the movie. Yeah, I didn't watch last season. Like, what? <laughs> it kind of looked like to me like watching some of the later episodes, you know, like the, after it's been airing for like 10 years, the intro was starting to degrade. You know, yeah, because there's only two different gags in the whole thing, the beginning and the end. Right. Well, but, it, yeah, just the, the the actual footage that they had was starting just – because it wasn't shot digitally then. So you had you – know, Well, you also look at the fact that a lot of the design work for them is different too. Right. Like Lisa's a much – not much different, but, you know, her the, – the way that, like, her fingers were moving and the way I think her hair moves when she, when she moves mm-hmm. uh, or the head moves when she moves was different than the way they were doing it. There's, there's a, a big exaggeration too. Like, I always mimic the – the Marge hitting the horn. She brings her hand like all the yeah. way up like a snake and then hits the horn twice. Very exaggerated. They also went through a period where there was like they put a drop shadow behind each of the characters, you know, on the mat. So there's like this little white like 
you know, like oh, yeah. a, a glow behind him. Just and it's just very subtle, but if you know, if you watch it over and over again, you, you'll start to notice it. Mm-hmm. Um, so this has broken the ratings record for F. Uh, was it FXX? <laughs> I want F- to say FFX. I started. I started saying F double X. Yeah, because I was doing the same thing. I kept doing FFX. Um, that being said, it's not that hard because nobody knew where that channel was. Sure, but that channel's also not been around long, but. But nobody knew where it was. <laughs> if you, if I remember when they first announced this, and Eric said, "Great, now I got to figure out where the hell right. this channel is." <laughs> but I, you know, for them, this has been this has been the best thing to happen. No, it's been to... it's been a great thing. It's like we're talking about. We all have, you know, not all, but a lot of the people that are watching, a lot of the people like me that have been fans for a long time, like Eric, that have been fans for a long time. We have all the DVDs, and we're still watching it because it's an event. Because right. it's this thing where we're watching it at the same time. Mm-hmm. That's one of the big things too. I think that you know we're we're posting about our episodes when we see them. Um, you know, Eric and I have been trading texts for the last three days for whatever episode we're on. Right, and the, you your know, Facebook page is just the <laughs> Facebook page is just a lot of a lot of different stuff about them. Just like oh, for because there's stuff that I forget. After a while, like we talk about Lisa's rival, I forgot the uh, the B story for Lisa's rival is Homer getting the sugar, right? Which is the be- one of the best B stories ever. It's just so insanely stupidly funny. I mean, it's just, it's got the the beekeepers are are Batman and Robin. It's just oh, it's amazing. Well, I can't remember if it was you or Mikey who said on Saturday that a lot of the B stories were cut. Uh, the syndic- when, what the, the syndication, syndication the syndication does is they have to cut. A certain amount of time to add commercials because right. when you when you buy something in syndication, you're demanding that you get your money back as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. Obviously, so you're going to sell more ad time. So what it ends up is there's there's some episodes where they lose the minor jokes at the end, or there's episodes where they cut a lot of the B story, and you'll see episodes that are cut even more than the standard cut. Right. There's an extra commercial. Like what the hell? When were we watching? I think it was Mr. I think it was who shot Mr. Burns too. No, it was a uh, um um uh the the radioactive man movie. Right. Like there's a whole bunch of stuff in there that you you forget that that Krusty was a part of it. He played the other three clowns. Right. And then there's another scene in it with him, you know, there's another gag in it with him and just like I I haven't seen this in forever. The the first time that I really noticed it was the first chance I got to watch it I think was late Thursday night and they were already into the second or third season. And uh Lisa's substitute with Mr. Bergstrom. Mm-hmm. There's three major pieces in it that are gone. Um, the first time I ever realized anything about syndication cuts was because of The Simpsons. It was Lisa the Vegetarian right? when she gives up meat and uh, Bart and Homer start the we, you don't win friends with salad conga line <laughs> and they go off screen and then they come back and Marge is at the end. We don't win friends with salad. Mom! Well, I'm sorry. It was catchy. That's cut. And I remember the first time I saw that. That was the first thing that I realized. I loved that gag so much. When I saw it in syndication, I was like, oh, I get to see this episode again. I haven't seen this in for a long time. And it wasn't there. And it's just like, what, what the hell just happened? Yeah, yeah. And, and that was that was the first time that I actually learned about <laughs> syndication cuts like that. And there there are so many that do it. It's just, oh. Well, for, for both of you guys. Now, has it bothered you since they've blown it up to fit the 16 by 9 you know, screen diameter? So I, I don't understand you're losing that. Some of that. You don't even, well, you, they blow it up for your screen. Right. And remember, on my screen, I get the bars now because I right. still have a standard television. So you get the bars at the top and the bottom, and I don't you understand. You get the leather, leather yeah, box. You don't, I was like, there was no reason to cut it. You can bar the sides, right. and I don't think it would have affected anything. Mm-hmm. So 
I mean, I you're, I mean, you're, they're, you're they're, missing some of the gags as far as you know, are, like what's written on. You know, it's like not the too much. Yeah, but there's stuff. Yeah, there's some of the things like that. that you just sort of don't understand why they made those choices. Like, you know, well, it's I, almost, I know I know they probably just did it to make it look more um, pleasing to people with like now that most of yeah. But if you're if you're TVs like that, if you're cutting a gag though, like he's saying, sometimes you're missing the stuff that's on the bottom of the church sign. Mm-hmm. That, that's a whole gag, right? I mean, those are almost right. always. You know, when you see the signs, you know, like, uh, um, you know, school concert uh, sold out tomorrow, Barbara Streisand, <laughs> ticket's still available. I mean, that's, that's such a... <laughs> oh, it's, it, but it's been, it's been a lot of fun to go through that, like, between the stuff with me and Ryan, mm-hmm. as Ryan's been watching it, the stuff with Eric, the stuff with you, stuff with Mikey. Just seeing my news feed on Facebook between you and Eric, like, posting, like, the Simpsons' greatest moments or something. I get, I get oh, yeah, this, and then yeah. I get Ryan's too. And you know Amazing. what? The nine eleven thing. It took me. That was spooky. Up, because that, I, I didn't notice it. I kept looking at going. What is he talking when about? When I first, and then put, I went, oh, I don't, I don't remember which which episode it was, but there's one of the first ones that was like one of my first favorites. I think it was Lisa the Substitute, right? And I had put something on there like this is the first one that I was able to see that I can remember this being one of my favorites. I think I think that's the one that you yeah, remember. And, yeah, and um, my friend Rick from work said that his favorite was Homer versus New York City. Right. And we kind of got into that thing where I said that it's such a – that episode has so much mythology around it because it got pulled after 9-11. Mm-hmm. And he was just waiting for that to come on. I, I remember when the, the DVD was released, that was like the big thing, was once they finally got to that DVD season, and I think that one was late too. Like it wasn't in the same – like every other one was something like every six months, and then this one was eight but I remember we got it. We, like I got it on Christmas morning, and my family watched it on Christmas morning. I was like I haven't seen this episode in almost. I think at that point it had been six or seven years since they mm. had pulled it. It was amazing. So when that episode came on, like we were all excited to watch it. And there's there's a moment <laughs> in it where they're talking about uh, how they can get to New York City because Homer has to go pick up his car, and the family says, "Let's go." There's a Super Saver bus fare. It's nine dollars. Lisa holds up a pamphlet, and there's a big nine dollars. And next to it are the two towers, and it looks like nine eleven. Yeah, and, and it was it was so spooky that I mean, for all the numbers they could have picked for the fair, it could have been right. five bucks, seven bucks, eight bucks, ten dollars. It was nine, and it was just like I watched it, and it just shocked me right when I saw it because I, I I was watching it on on like the TV in the dining room, which doesn't have a DVR, and I ran to the other room and hit record because it was still on that channel because it's like I gotta pause that. That's that's insane. That was weird. Yeah, I was looking at it and I was like. Nine dollars. Was he talking about? Like, was it gas and the price? And, the, and I was sitting there, I was going, "No, that can't be." Oh, 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 shit! Yeah, when you when you when you put it together, it's. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't have the little slash that that the thing does, but it, it's to pick nine as a number, and then the years. Half, yeah, yeah. I mean, four or five years. That that must be nine. I think that one's like ninety six or ninety seven. So it was like four mm-hmm. years before. Yeah. Alone, so maybe that's what the Taliban saw, and they said, "We're gonna do it on that day." There's a lot of conspiracy theories for that too. You don't think, think that, that nine one, of, you know, nine one one. That was the biggest one yeah. for a long time. That it was nine one one. Yeah. And then there was some. Someone tried to do something like if you put the nines out as nine singles, it's some yeah. binary code. Because you had nine single, you had nine ones, and then two ones, and then a zero and a one, and it was something. And I was like, that's not even. That doesn't do anything. <laughs> I, was like, I think there has to be more than one zero. So what do you think of the uh, Guinness Book of World Records for this, for the most consecutive uh, episodes aired? Well, I, think it, I think if you're going to pick anything to do it, it's going to be The Simpsons. I mean, a lot of people have forgotten 
about what a phenomenon it was when it was really big, and then the fact that it's it's probably going to be the longest running primetime program in history. Yeah. I mean, there's just there's there's no every year people are like uh, kind of it's probably you know, but they're still fans. They're still hardcore fans. I mean, mm-hmm. like I I consider myself a big Simpsons fan, but I admit I haven't watched a season in forever. I think the last time I actually sat down on a Sunday to watch it was the Tony Hawk episode, and that was like two. Right, that was like two hundred or two fifty or something. So. You know, it's like more than half of the episodes have been non-appointment television for me, mm-hmm. and there was a, there there's a lull where I'm I was watching it and going, I'm, this isn't it wasn't it's engaging not as good, like yeah. it was. But those old ones, man, those five will get you. The the <laughs> the, the Treehouse of Horror two or three with King Homer, yeah, the Candy Apple Island gag gets me every single time. <laughs> and there'll be I mean, The Simpsons is one of the few things too that I mean there there'll be things from it that'll just floor me. There was a, a day when we were driving. And Mikey did the 64 slices of American cheese. <laughs> Homer, have you been up all night eating cheese? I think I'm blind. And I, I fell out of the car. Well, I, remember... I was laughing so incredibly hard. because Sometimes you forget those moments. I was at, at Target once, and someone did that to me with Super Nintendo Chalmers. Yeah. Instead of Super Nintendo Chalmers. That just, when Ralph that ever just aired. Oh, my God. I was walking. I still remember where I was. I was walking, We used to have a DVD wall at Target in the, in the entertainment section. And I was walking, and Ian was stalking on the floor and as i walked behind him, i was like hi super nintendo chalmers done i just i couldn't move for like 10 minutes i was laughing so hard that was the last episode on before i started setting up and then the mark hamill episode was like next or something mark so hamill i had to run bodyguard. in there because that's one of my favorite episodes the bodyguard one is good <laughs> you quit jedi school <laughs> yeah, um, some of the later ones i don't remember as much but there, there are some that some of those favorites, like the Hank Scorpio one, I think I've seen. The Isotopes being sold was uh, on today. Isotopes being sold, I've seen a few times. Um, Which is great because, you know, Homer's all against the team, and all of a sudden they're in the championship, and he starts. Yeah. Bart, on, Bart on the Road, I've probably seen a hundred times. Yeah. Because I will DVR that. I'll, I'll go through. When it was on syndication, I would go through the week and I would DVR Bart on the Road if it was ever on. Well, I remember when when we were all three, you, me, and Mikey were going to con- you know comic book store every Wednesday. It seemed like I don't care if we were going or coming. Somehow, somebody would make one quote from the show, and that's all it would be there for was, the rest yeah, of it. There's, there's there are points where I've I've said this at work. I said if you don't understand what I'm saying, it means it's probably a Simpsons reference, right? Like I'll just sit there. So I still I still use dough all the time. Yeah, I'll drop something or something. No, it's like, it, and I'm not even thinking. It's about just a it. reflex. It's just a reflex. Um, so there's stuff like that. Hell, driving to Comic Con, there's part like <laughs> the times where I was coming in and out of, you know, falling asleep. I would be hearing both Mikey and Chris up front. Oh, there'll be points where yeah, we just we just they were throw going stuff for out like there. an hour. <laughs> they were going oh, yeah. for an hour. It's it's it's. Uh, <laughs> it's just <laughs> there, well, there, what... there are points where Mike, Mikey and I have had entire entire drives for 45 minutes to an hour where it's nothing but Simpsons. Well, that's quotes. what I'm saying is that's what it would be. That's, that's the power of it. it, it and it's that, that community of fans that understand what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, either what you're referencing to be able to just say, you know, I think I'm blind. I know what it's from <laughs> and know what it is. is I had I had watched it from you know the very beginning up until you know after graduating high school and then 
you know, I think around 94 is when I stopped watching every episode that was on. And so you, you left way too early. Yeah. The calendar year of 96, like I was going through the guide and looking at the years and trying to figure like, where was the season break? Which one was the season right. opener and stuff like that. And I, I, I'm looking at 96 as a calendar year from January. Oh my God. There's some, there's some really good episodes and it's tough. Cause I'll go through it. And like I said, I have a pretty standard top five. Yeah. But as I'm looking through it, I was like, boy, there, there's a couple that maybe that one should be. In. <laughs> I, oh, I, like if I had to do a top 10, it would be, it, it would be tough. Like, I, I don't right. think I could pick 10 episodes that would be like solidly in the 10. And it's just like, boy. Now, you know, I mean, it wasn't like I, I completely you know, wrote the show off. I would watch, you know, I kind of, you know, every once in a while, but I didn't get that same every week. And when it's in, you know, in syndication, I'd watch it, you know. Yeah, I think, I think I watched. It's either twelve or thirteen, maybe fourteen seasons, solid. Right, like didn't miss an episode. And then it's gotten to the point now where the DVD releases are ones that I realize I know I didn't watch it when it first came out. Mm-hmm. And there are some that I'll, I'll hit, and I'm like, I don't think I've ever seen this one, or I haven't seen it enough that I really remember it. So right. Th- those are kind of fun, but they're also kind of like, oh, this is where <laughs> this is where the magic stopped, and I gave it up. But you still watch all of the uh, Treehouse of Horrors and everything, right? Yeah, Treehouse of Horrors is pretty much the only one that I that you make sure that I make sure, and those have been hit or miss too, and that's that's kind of tough because some of the older ones, like they're some of the some of the best bits are yeah. in Treehouse of Horror. And some of like the the best shorts, you'll get a Treehouse of Horror that has like a good one in the beginning and an, and an okay one at the right. end, but the one in the middle is just oh, that one kills <laughs> you. Um. <laughs> What do you, okay, I'm coming, oh, so I'm bad well, at that this. was. Oh, I'm coming to save your children. Funk. Oh, I'm bad at this. What's funny is you you're shitting. Is Ethan is Ethan? You know, as much as he loves Simpsons, is also a Family Guy fan. <sighs> and there for a while, you were religiously the Family Guy. Yeah, in the beginning, yes. Especially the when they stopped. came back. Um. Okay, so what do you guys think about the crossover? I think that explains it right there. You, it's it's nothing that I care too much about. I mean, Family Guy for me is done. So well, that's what to me it feels like. Well, The Simpsons and the, and Family Guy have both kind of hit. You know, they they they've passed their prime. You know, Simpsons is still doing great. Still, you know, the the marathon's doing probably better than you know what the series has been done been doing for ratings in the last couple of years. Do well, you still, think I it's just think a cry? I still think there's that. There's still a case for Family Guy. It's nothing like the, the, what the hipster crowd that brought it back was. Right. You know, the, the, the stoners that bought the DVDs and Fox like, oh, how much money does Seth MacFarlane want? A billion dollars? Here yeah. you go. Combi- or, uh, Cartoon Network just yeah. killing the ratings with it. So I don't know. I don't know. If it's probably not at that level, but I think there's still a certain, you know, Family Guy is the greatest comedy on TV sect out there. Right. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. It's... Which is I funny. Don't, cause, you cause don't I, like you. You can't stand Family Guy, but I you you Guy. love High School USA. High School USA is amazing. <laughs> that shows incredible. And it's the same basic same humor. But it it it's not the no, thing with I Family Guy. It's, it's not not necessarily the humor. I can't stand any of those characters. Right. I hate all of them. I hate. Look, go to the South Park episode. Watch yes. the South Park episode. That's it. Right. I was watching that South Park episode where Cartman tries to get the Family Guy thrown off the air. And everything that he says at the time, I was like, that that's it. I'm, I was trying uh-huh. to put the way I felt into words. I'm like, I know 
This is funny. I watched Family Guy when it first came out, and I enjoyed Stewie, and that was about it. Like, I can't stand any of the other characters. I can't stand his son. I can't stand Chris at all. Right. I just, I just, I want to, oh, it just kills me. <laughs> I hate all those characters. Is that and, because you have a problem with Seth Green, or is it because? No, I don't have a problem with Seth Green. Seth Green's the one you like. It's just Chris Hardwick and, uh, 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 <laughs> I don't really want to say anything. For... <laughs> There's are, a lot these of are all of our rivals. I know. There's uh, a lot of people that you say that they're they're you don't like, but Seth Green's not one of them. Okay? No, Seth, because Seth's pretty cool. Well, Seth also, you Seth is a fan of what he says he's a fan yes. of. Yes. What what I can't stand more than anything else is is fake. Right. I can't stand fake. If you if you like something but you don't love it, but you pretend that you love it and you try and sell it as you love it. I hate that. They I make can't money off it. of exactly. Yeah, you know, it, it's that that kind of crap. That's a whole another show. Um, <laughs> Family Guy, I think, was part of it. This is, show we is shouldn't do the 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 way that the stories were set up at first are nothing like they are now. I mean, Family Guy is just it's basically a bunch of circles. Right. You know, it's it's something happens to Peter. Remember that time that I masturbated in front of the Pope, and then it cuts to him masturbating. Well, it's definitely in front of the got Pope. it's definitely got a formula that they follow to a T. Right, but that formula wasn't there when it first started, and to me, it just doesn't. It's not funny. High School USA still has a story. Right, it's not a lot. It, it's it's bizarre and it's insane, and I love it. It's fantastic. Those characters are completely just absolutely racist. Oh, stereotypical, <laughs> dumb, just crazy. Oh, that show is great. I wish there was more than like the five episodes they keep showing. Right. <laughs> or the, the Brad five is, minutes. Brad of the... is amazing. The Amish one. The Amish one was great. Have, he's going to have a sex change because I haven't had sex with a guy while I was a woman before. What the hell? Who comes <laughs> up with this crap? The uh, parents going with him on spring break was a really good one. Yeah. Too. And, and, and it's also, I, I get the Archie analogy to it too. And that's Wait, that was the on. same episode, I think. They uh, went with yeah, him on spring how, break. And start. then, yeah. Yeah, but the the total no, Archie was, analogy is great. great with it. There's almost nothing else in animation domination that I well, the two moving brothers are weird. <laughs> the Lucas brothers or whatever. The, the Michael Axe, Jordan episode. Yeah, the Michael Jordan episode was great. The Axe I, Cop is. You guys don't like the Axe Cop. I like the Axe. I Cop. no, I, I I like the Axe Axe Cop. I just, it's not my favorite of those. No, I I like the Axe Cop for for what it is. I I I enjoy it. Um. I don't think it, it's not as laugh at loud funny as the other ones. It's just sort of like, what the hell am I watching? Sort right. of thing. You know, there's a bad guy who's a gigantic turd. Right. You know, stuff like that. Um, that demon one is worthless. The demon one. <laughs> See, I actually. Uh, and that's the one that's on like all the time. <laughs> the demon one is just bizarre. Yeah. And there's just nothing. There's, there's nothing. There's nothing there. And I, there's something else in there that I can't remember now either. But yeah, anime. <laughs> High School USA is great. So, uh, among the doctor, I mean, my, among the Simpsons, everything, Doctor Who came back this uh, this weekend. Yeah, I know. We had to watch something else for an hour and a half. The Simpsons it was really <laughs> annoying. But you're not a Doctor Who fan. I'm at not. All. I mean, you've you've come over here and you've it, watched things and you you've seen. I watched it. an episode here and yeah. there. Yes. As somebody that wasn't or isn't a Doctor Who fan, what did you think of the new Doctor? Well, we'll put. Uh, because you have that, you have a, you I mean you don't have a have a well, we'll put it this way okay so I haven't watched Doctor Who because really I just it's not that I hate Doctor Who right it was more that I, I hated Doctor Who fans who kept trying to cram it down my throat <laughs> I don't know what you're talking um, about yeah um and sort of like when something explodes that quickly I always kind of kind of skew my eye towards it because when you have a lot of fans that jump right on it right and all of a sudden they're like oh I'm the biggest Who fan ever I've seen four episodes 
that's the sort of thing that drives me crazy. So I kind of excuse myself from that whole thing. And the same thing, like if you have a phenomenon like that and I don't get in on the ground floor, then I usually check out very quickly. Like I'm not interested. Right. But you know, I, I had seen a couple episodes. My mother watched a few of them. You're, you're familiar with each of the incarnations. Yeah, and I know what doctor. it was and I knew the history of it. And part of it also, I, I just never liked Matt Smith. I, I can't get past his face where he wears that silicone mask. <laughs> That plastic thing that he has. It's because his eyebrows are petite. It's not, it's not even his eyebrow. That that whole face is, is plastic. Um, but yeah, Good just, thing Beth's just, not here. Never, never really had an interest in it, but when I was reading the article from Entertainment Weekly about the new Doctor and the new incarnation and some of the things that they were talking about as to what they were going to do going forward, mm-hmm. it piqued my interest. Most of it was I wanted to see... What little I had seen of Peter Capaldi and the stuff that the interviews he had done, it sounded like I said, this guy seems kind of cool. I'm kind of interested in seeing what his doctor looks like. Right. Feels like, you know, what, yeah. and I really liked him. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the episode was a, a little weak, but as, it, as a non-Doctor Who fan, I don't know if I was really expecting one thing or the other. I thought that it could have been a little more... I mean, it's, as it's a Doctor an intro. Who fan, it, it did it did seem kind of weak. There's a lot of things that they're you could see that they're obviously trying to set up, right? And to me, like you said, you know, there were a lot of fans that jumped on with Matt Smith. Granted, the show's been around 51 years now. You know, David Tennant. You know, when it came back in 2005, and everything, it, that's, like, that's one of the things that bugs me. Though. There's so many people that jumped on when it was halfway through its run on BBC America out here, right? And have no idea what the background of it was. And there was the little, you know, it was the teeny bopper fandom too that mm-hmm. jumped on as a bunch of hipster kids are just like, oh, my friends don't like Doctor Who yet. I'm going to like Doctor Who first. Right. And they're all going to like Doctor Who. I mean, it's all, it, yes, I understand I sound like a curmudgeon, you know, just an asshole right now, but there's no way around. It's just curmudgeon. I, exactly. Well, as many as... kids in your shows, yeah, you don't know what good television is. There's <laughs> many people that jumped on during the Matt Smith era there's a lot of people that say, "Oh, well, David Tennant was much better. His, you know, his shows were much better." Um, but the show didn't explode until I think Matt's second season, and I have a feeling. To me, it felt like this episode where was that they had to kind of explain or let the younger generations know. Look, but he's really that, an older guy. They did that in the goodbye episode too. Like we had talked about Matt Smith's not speech wasn't to his companion. Oh, it was totally it was to yes. the fans. Like, shut up. Yes. You know, okay, I'm leaving. I want to go do other stuff. I want to take my shirt off and shave my head and do uh, a teaser trailer where I just go, look at my muscles, look at my muscles, look at my muscles. Have you seen that? That's the most bizarre did thing he, ever. Did he turn into Arnold? Look at my muscles. No, that's yeah. it's Ryan. Is it Ryan Gosling's first? It's Ryan Gosling's. Yeah, yeah. With the the kid at the. One of the people I hate from Agents of Shield and Matt. Yes. Smith. Anyway, um, it's, and, and a it's lot of this, this, yeah, a lot of this episode was sort of the same thing, right? And it's sort of, I think, part of it was wanting. I didn't want it over-explained, and and it wasn't. I don't know. It, it's well, you I ha- liked it. We'll put it this way: the the probably the biggest compliment or whatever that you could say for what the episode is is i'll watch the next one wow because i want i want to see him i right. like him as the doctor the last scene with him spoilers with him and the, the the robot dude yes 
it, when they're when they're in the air, she's escaping in this skin balloon. That was cool. Um, is that what they call it nowadays? Yeah, escaping well, and, well, no, literally a balloon made out of skin. Yes. What was really cool about this episode was, and I'll let you get back to your point, was that it went back to not just to you know the 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 um, the Matt Smith era, but it went back to the David Tennant era because the creatures that you know another spoiler that he was battling were a evolved version of one of the fans' most favorite episodes of the girl in the fireplace. It's and but for somebody that was coming on the show, they didn't need to know that. Right, but that's that's sort of part of my apprehension with it is if the new incarnation is so tied into the last two because it was something that I thought was interesting with it that they were talking about Moffat was talking about that part of what Capaldi's doctor was going to do was to try and right some of the mistakes that had been made before right. or clean up loose ends or whatever. And I'm like, well, I don't know what any of those loose ends are. So it may not have the same power to me. But that last scene where he says, you know, it's along the lines, of, I'm, I'm not the type of person inclined to murder somebody, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to kill you. Right. And it was just like, okay. And the look in his eyes and the way that he was playing it, mm-hmm. again, reading about it, he seems more of a badass. We've talked about this at work today where – Tennant and Smith, for as much as people want them to be different, it was the same kind of doctor from what people yes. that are, they were silly, they were kind of kooky, mm-hmm. and you know, I think Capaldi's kookiness comes more from his age, but the way that if he plays him straight, where the the it felt like when we were talking about this, and this was my friend Brandon had kind of come up with this point, the companions were the straight man or woman mm-hmm. to the kooky doctor, yes. and this is going to be the flip. Yes. That the companion, who we now know is going to be different within like a week or whatever since the companion's leaving. Yeah. Um, well, that's the – let's put it this way. We'll still say call that a rumor. But usually when you start hearing rumors of people leaving, but it's, when, they're gone. when we were discussing this, this is why I think it's true. This gives you the opportunity to have the companion be the crazy one. Right. And the doctor be the straight. Yes. And I think that dynamic would be different enough. Because you don't want to do the same thing over and over and over again. Well, and that, and that's kind of you know the, one of the the geniuses of the show, you know, is that it gets a chance with each doctor, each companion, even to remake itself. And yes, granted, you know, you did see very similar a very similar type of doctor between Tennant and Smith. You know, it, they well, did the they did a good you, job of giving an explanation of that formula. When, it's hard to break from it. This is something that happens in comics all the time. Right. You know, it, it, it's Frank Miller's Daredevil. Frank Miller was given Daredevil because Daredevil was going to get canceled. They told Miller, do whatever the hell you want. So he changed it into a crime noir. And about two-thirds of the way through it, they said, whatever you do, do exactly what you've been doing for the last two years. It has <laughs> to look exactly the same. Don't, don't do anything different. And he was one of the first ones to point out the reason that it was successful is because it was different. Right. It's sort of this, I felt like it was the same thing here when you went with Matt Smith. It's like, okay, we've been so successful with David Tennant. Let's make him Tennant plus. Right. Let's make him 10th Doctor plus. Let's, let's you know, make sure the companion is exactly – we want the companions to be young women cute, who are yes. beautiful, who are gorgeous human beings, and that's what we're going to have. And they're going to be kind of, oh, I don't want to travel in space or whatever. Um, as far as I know, again, some of this might be wrong since I didn't watch any of it, but – you know, the, the well, reluctant they always companion. had to have him smitten over the doctor. Too. Yeah, but yeah, it was yeah. it felt like they always felt like the reluctant companion or whatever. Mm-hmm. Again, not really having super knowledge of it, but that was kind of my view from afar. I think here, 
I, I applaud them for taking the idea of we're going to do something different. Right. If if your doctor's going to change, what what Tennant did after Eccleston? Eccleston was very no nonsense. Mm-hmm. You know, jeans and a, and a leather jacket, shaved head, looked just sort of normal. Not normal, but you know, just looked like a. a there wasn't anything like attire wise. He wasn't wearing a costume or right. anything like that. And even though he was there for a season, when they went with Tennant, they went with someone different, you know, mm-hmm. Converse and, blow, and, and bow ties and, and uh, 3D glasses and stuff like that, and stuff that they kind of switched from it. And here, it's, you know, Capaldi's not going to be wearing 3D glasses, and he's not going to be wearing a bow tie, and he's not going to be, you know, he looks no, like you he's know, just going to be a duster, would probably be the biggest thing. He's got yeah. you know, a long jacket, and that's it. Well, he even said that when he when he was helping, you because know, obviously the, the doctors or the actors get to help design their costume. He said he wanted it to be something that would be easy for somebody to throw on. You look like somebody just threw it on and literally could walk into their closet almost and throw on that. Yeah, type. I think he's going to be more practical. In, yes. In so, so, like I said, I'm, I'm I'm interested to see where it goes. I don't know if I'll finish it, but well, there's a lot a of like I, said, I really like him. Yeah, I think he's I think he's strong. I think he's an amazing actor. And you know what the one thing great is? Great presence. It's a shame your wife doesn't like him. Well, no, um, and see, and that's what I was just going to say. It was the way they did this episode. You know, going back to what we were talking about earlier. The way they did this episode was, you know, a lot to, you know, there's a lot of nod to the fans uh, of the show, especially the Matt Smith era, that don't understand the regeneration, don't understand, you know, how, you know, the doctor's actually older, is always played by an older man. Well, I think it's, it, they understand This made it. them feel more comfortable with it. it. But, again, that's one of my problems with it. It's like, how long are you going to keep trying to placate the people that just don't get I it? I hope that they don't do that. I hope that's that this I mean. was the one-shot like, episode again, to do that. spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. When Matt Smith showed up at the end with the phone call, right? first, I'm like, oh, great, it's lost. But secondly, <laughs> I'm just like, how many times – you already did that in the goodbye episode. How many times are we going to have to try to explain to everybody, please stay with us? Right. But come on. you know, Look. If you don't know that the doctor didn't change, if you don't know that the itinerations are going to be different, you were never really a fan of the show anyway. You were just a fan of Matt Smith. That's part of the problem that I have with something like that. Like, if you're a fan of Matt Smith and that's all you wanted to watch, you're not a Doctor Who Mm -hmm. fan. It's like a sports fan who is a fan of one team and never watches anything else. You're not a fan of the sport. You're a fan of the team. Right. If all you watch is the Lakers and you don't watch a single other basketball game, you're not a basketball fan. You're a Lakers fan. Right. Same thing here. You're a Smith fan. You're not a Doctor Who fan if you're not, you know, interested in that sort of thing. And, and it may be with me where, like, I don't really care to go back and watch Tennant or, or, or Smith or even Eccleston, but I want to see Peter Capaldi's Doctor. Right. So I would say the same thing. I'm a fan of Peter Capaldi as an actor in this role, and this will probably be the only time I'll watch it. Hmm. So, Well, you know, and there always is you – know, everybody always has, you know – their favorite doctor and their first doctor, and usually it's their first doctor that's the one that you know has got them into the show. You're like, no, usually your first doctor is the one that pulls you out of the womb. <laughs> my my first doctor I ever saw was Tom Baker, way back. You know, watching it on PBS, you know, a little screen and everything. What is PBS? And, right, and, and that's where I was first introduced to the show. When I fell in love with the show was with the, you know when they brought it back and. I, I like the Ecclestein episodes, but when I started watching the Tenet episodes, is when I really started to become a you know a fan of the show. And then I went back to watch those old episodes of the original Doctors again, and I was like, 
I still like this. You know, this stuff still is really good. And, you know, even though you have the cheesy, you know, effects because of the time period, it's still, you know, a good show to me. And I enjoy the Doctors. You know, like I was trying to tell Beth early, originally was you fell in love with a show where the main character, one of his traits is that he changes person, you know, the person, the actor. You can't like the show if you don't like that aspect well, of it. That's what I'm saying. Your wife is a Matt Smith fan. She's not a Doctor Who fan. Well, but – and this episode kind of changed that we'll where see. she – We'll see. We'll see. Matt Smith was in it. Right. We'll see. But she walking out of this episode, she felt – more comfortable going on with the future Wait, of it. When, when's the next one? It's like eight weeks away, isn't it? No, it's Saturday. Is it actually still? Okay. I, yeah. thought, I thought they were taking like some huge No, no, no. Th- this time, the, the, one of the things was that they, they made sure that they were going to go, they weren't going to do like last year and have eight episodes and have a major break and then go back and do eight more. This one, they said they're going all the way through with the season. So that should help a lot of fans. Um, but yeah, no, it's nice to see, you know, you, Chris, because you were so not not against it, but no, I was against a fan. It's the same thing like Firefly. <laughs> it's not that I don't like Firefly. I'm just fucking sick of you people. <laughs> Let's bring it back. It's been forty years. So I did. Nathan think... Fillion's gonna die, and I everyone's gonna go. Let's let's do it back again. Going back to The Simpsons. I think we should bring back the original Dirk Richter to play Radioactive Man. <laughs> I keep telling you, he's seventy four years old, and he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that, when I see that episode now, that's what I think of as Firefly. I keep telling you, Nathan Fillion is 10 years older, and he makes a million dollars an episode on Castle. Nope. It's funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. I, it, I still, when I when I posted something this weekend about you know Firefly being on, you still get those comments. Oh, you know what? I heard they're bringing it back. <laughs> it's not coming oh, back. Not as anymore. much as I would... See, and then the other thing is... I have to start thinking about this. As much as I would want Firefly to be back, did you read that article? Did I send that send you that article about? Uh, there's a guy who wrote that part of the reason that everyone holds Firefly in such great esteem is because it didn't get the chance to screw itself over by yeah. continuing. <laughs> yeah, and that and it is like you have that one season and that's it. If that thing had continued, more than likely people look at Heroes. Oh yeah, Heroes after the first season, people were just like, "Oh my god, it's amazing! It's a comic book." Right. By season two, like I don't know what this is. I don't. Want, well, most of the anymore. most of those shows end up like that, you know. When when you have a sci fi show like that, it, it happens. Um, I, the very rare ones that have done it and lasted a long time are you know like Star Trek. Um, but yeah, I, I was it was still amazing. I and I'd love to have Firefly back, but nope. I'd, I'd be scared to have it at the there's same just, time. There's, there's no. It's never going to live up to what you think it's going right. to be. It's been and no so one, long, and no one's going to do it. Right. Yeah. Speaking of being so long, speaking of being so long, let's go to the box office this weekend. What major movie came out and came in in sixth? And that's what our no, it's eighth. Was it eighth? Yeah, it was sixth. It was sixth on this morning. That's depressing. Um, Yeah. So nine years after the original Sin City came out, they finally came out with Sin City Two. Sin City Two made six point three million. That can't be right. It made over. I thought it made over ten. When I was listening to the uh, to Ralph this morning, I thought he said it was. Over the, 10. The, this is what I pulled off IMDb just a few hours ago. Yeah. Dude, it lost it. What, what was the one that was like right above it? Expendables three. The, the, no, the give. Well, the giver the, wasn't the giver this, this first week too. No, giver's its second, second week. Yeah, to, for a movie that everyone was so concerned about. If I stay came out this week and and 
Well, 15. number three in in that spot, that's probably about where they thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And then uh, what's what's number four? Oh, let's be cops. Yeah, oh, I've lost my. Let's be cops is for uh, when the game stands tall. Yeah, like when the game one. when the game stands tall beat Sin City. Yeah, and that's what happens when you wait nine years to do a sequel to a and movie that you know, wasn't super successful when it. It was a critically acclaimed film, but it wasn't like some gigantic blockbuster. It's either. got a great cast. You know, it's. It, I think uh, I have it on here. Um, but it's like the what I was telling some other guys the other day is for me being a huge fan of the first one. This one, I'm more like, uh, I'll see it when it comes out on DVD. Like it for me, it's just been so long that I've lost my patience with wanting to see it like right away. So it's like I don't, I don't necessarily care for it as much as I. Well, someone who to. read, uh, who read Sin City. Like, even the first one, I didn't rush out to see. And once I saw it, I was like, okay, I can see where people that were getting... People that got really excited about it were people who didn't read it. Right. Because it's it's a literal translation. Mm-hmm. And that, I thought it actually suffered for that because some of those lines do not work on the screen at all. If you're someone that's like, I've already read all this type of stuff, I think people were like, oh, wow, that, that's a bold choice to get to do basic comic book lines up there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you're you're... Nine years later, and and it could be good, but it was it was marketed weird. It's in a bad spot. It's in, in a horrible spot. It just and granted the first Sin City was in August too, but it was I don't know. This it, is the type of thing. It was in August, but nine years ago you didn't have the same summers that you do. Now. Correct. We we were looking at this sort of thing. I don't know where I was talking. The highest about grossing summer. movie of the summer is now in August. Guardians of the Galaxy is the highest grossing right. movie of the summer. But that's a, that's an. There's still odd stuff. It's a terrible summer. They were talking about before Guardians, this was going to be the worst summer in years mm-hmm. because uh, they were they were talking about like if you go backwards, last year was Iron Man three, and then the year before was like Avengers, and right? Then the year before was something else that was really really huge, um, huge disappointments this summer because the the best summer film you saw was released in April mm-hmm. in Cap two. Cap two. Transformers underperformed after first, which weekend. still did a billion dollars worldwide. Well, yeah, worldwide. What they're saying is in North America, a lot of these things that people are like, oh, this is going to be the greatest movie ever, sort of – there was nothing that you went out of your way like, oh, this is going to be fantastic. I think we were talking about this the other night of what we were like massively disappointed in when we saw this summer. Yeah, and we didn't even – like Rise of the Planet of the Apes, we didn't even see. Yeah. Damn it. I know. And that was was probably the best film. That was one of the best reviewed films. Right. But yeah, so like the the summer in terms of box office wasn't – you know, basically after first week, Transformers disappeared. I can't even. That I can't even remember what came out. This Amazing Spider-Man two. Amazing, yeah. Um, I don't even. Exactly. Between See? between Amazing Spider-Man two and this is Rise I'll, of the Planet of the Apes. I'll tell you what this this summer should scare people for is next summer. Because it's going to be too much. It's going to be too much. The, a major, major, major film is going to fail fail completely next summer. You think it's going to be Ant-Man? No, I think it's going to be Jurassic World. Really? Yeah. I think Jurassic World, as as much as they've dialed back their expectations, Yeah. because after the phenomenon that was Jurassic Park, I mean, that, that's another era. Right. 1993 is completely different than it Do is now. Do you think it's going to fall to the same thing Sin City is going to fall to? I, I, I don't know or if it'll, it'll fall that low, because I think there's enough people that are fans that'll go. But for what they would expect that movie to do, and I don't think they're going to come out there and go, oh, we expect the movie to make a billion dollars worldwide. 
But even if they come out and say, we think we can make $500 million worldwide, I don't think it's going to hit that. I think it's going to get lost in all the other stuff that is going to explode next summer in addition to the fact that everyone's waiting until December. Right. I mean, there there yeah. are huge films that are coming out next year. It's it's a gigantic thing, and it's next summer could be to me could be a game changer mm-hmm. as we see less big films crowding the market. As well, even though can. even though you're talking between you know you're, between you're Marvel and DC in the next five years, you're talking over twenty some films, right? And it's it's. I don't know if Marvel DC are going to scale their stuff back. I'm talking about all the extra stuff that they do. Look at this summer. There, there are big movies this summer that people thought were going to do better, and they mm-hmm. didn't because it's just too crowded. There's just too much. Yeah. Um, Marvel didn't even release a movie in summer. Right. But there are still people seeing Cap first week of May. And, you know, and the summer I mean, months, the summer months are, you know, even though it is still summer, the summer months now are considered May, June, July. Yeah, and, and the thing also, summer doesn't matter anymore. Right. I mean, LA Unified School District starts – second week of august yeah you know so that 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 idea has just been blown out the window you used to have to have summer because there weren't as many movie theaters and there weren't as many theaters screens within a movie correct you had a limited amount of time now i mean we haven't guardian started on the thursday before we haven't found a sold out movie in a decade yeah you know you go to big places you know go down to universal i'm sure there's sold out movies there the last movie i went to i take that back i went to see anchorman 2 on Christmas Day, and it was sold out. I forgot about that. But not of every theater in the area that you could right. go to. Right. If I really wanted to, we could have ran around and tried to find another right. one. I mean, but I've seen I've seen sold out showings, but you know, there's another showing like yeah, twenty minutes never later. See sold out showings anywhere anymore. Right. You know, because there's so many options. But there's so many choices, and they're so crammed, and there's so much. Reading the fall the fall preview for Entertainment Weekly, I'm like, oh my god, there's a lot of movies between mm-hmm. now and the end of December. Well, if you remember, and there's some good stuff in there, but just like there's a lot of movies. If you remember, there used to be like a period between August and November that there really wasn't any movies. Well, there used to be dead periods all the time. There used to be no movies, that, and there still isn't between January and March, right? For the most part, because it's just oh, oh, this is all the stuff we're we're dying off as everyone goes to see the Best Picture nominees. Do you think now that Marvel's proved that they, you know, they put something out in March and put something out in August, that it doesn't matter when they put a movie it hasn't, out? It hasn't mattered for years. I mean, this is this is uh, speaking of Frank Miller's work. This is three hundred. Three hundred opened the first weekend of May as you spill all over yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like water. Was um, was three hundred in May? I thought it was. I, in I'm March. sorry, March, March, yeah. first yeah. weekend of March, and made a gajillion dollars in its first weekend. I think the adjusted is something like $80 million or $85 million in one weekend in March. Right. And that I think that was the first one where everyone's like, oh, that, that movie did two things. That was Comic-Con, and that was mm-hmm. the the end of we have to open between May 25th and August 1st. Right. Because it doesn't matter. If you put a good film out, people are going to go see it. It's. Do you think Sin City's failure is because this one is because they've already, everybody's like, I've already seen that? I don't think it's that. I, some of it has to do with – I, I think some of it has to do with placement because it's just – you hit that fatigue towards the end. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, another comic book movie. Uh, and it just – there was no buzz for it at all. There was just nothing. I really think it's just the time that they waited to actually put the movie out. I mean, I think that was what really hurt them. Well, do you think it also could be Guardian? I mean, because Guardians picked up steam again. You know, it's 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 no, back you, to number one. But you see Guardians has been yeah, out for a couple Yeah, it's back to number one, months, but look at – 
Yeah, exactly. Look at what else is like it's playing. But it's against. also look at look at the number. What did it make? A- 18, 17? 17.2. Yeah, that's yeah. That's not nothing, so but know. it's nothing. I mean, that's that's a that's an opening weekend for a film in February. It's not a huge number. It the, the whole number of people that went to the movies this weekend are down. Yeah. And that well, it, it again, where they put Sin City, it's a terrible weekend. Right. Colleges start this week. Yep. A lot of colleges start this week. A lot of schools. LAUSD started last week. I know because it took me two hours to get to work on Thursday. So there's a lot of other stuff in people's lives that are in that demographic. You see something, what was the one, the If I Stay? Yes. That's a good spot for it because oh, that's a great spot all for these it. little girls that, that come together and see each other for the first time in two months. Right. That's what they went to see. Mm-hmm. That's what that movie is. That's brilliant programming. But, I mean, something like the – I mean, the, I mean, the Giver. For all the well, it's just it's amazing to look at. I didn't know I didn't realize that movie opened. I did for all yeah. the crap that they gave that film about the casting choices and just nobody cares. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. You know. Oh wow, Twister Two was number ten. That's amazing. <laughs> how much money? How much money is that film made? Thirty-eight point three total. Total great for, for what three weeks being out. So it's about ten million a week. Wow, that's surprising. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you'd, you'd think you'd think Helen Hunt's career is over, but she can do a <laughs> wow. Did you see the trailer to that? That's yeah, Twister Two. Did you Did you see um, the first time I saw that trailer? I looked at Mikey. I'm like, Wow, Twister Two. Talk did you see it. what's her name? Uh, I forget her name. The actress's name who played Laurie in Walking Dead says, "You know what? I don't care if people hated me in that show. At least I got some work, <laughs> or something along those lines." No, that's how she was in that show. Too. It's just like Michael Bay with Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah, I know it's a bad movie, but you're gonna see it anyway. Now, that's what he said about Transformers Four. <laughs> turtles that's that's the one i don't understand it you know what it stayed steady it's it went 18 million mm-hmm. 17 million 16 million so it stayed pretty steady for the last three weeks i don't i don't understand that it's one of those fun movies to go see that's not a fun movie have you seen see. it even no i haven't seen that's it, not but... not a single person that i know has seen it over the age of five thought that was a fun movie my yeah. brother did and so did jonathan but again my bro- I, no one i know over the age of five I don't care if Jonathan's a doctor. <laughs> Enjoy that movie. And I still I contend that Jonathan's Jonathan's enjoyment of that film is because he loves turtles. Is be, no, it's it's he loves turtles and he refuses to be disappointed. I because the same thing happened to me with start with the 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 first uh, Star Trek Next Gen film. I was a huge gener- I was a huge Next Gen fan. I could not accept that film was not good until the third or fourth <laughs> time I saw it, and then I was like. They're fighting a ribbon. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> and I really didn't know until I saw First Contact, which is my favorite, film, right. my favorite Star Trek film. Like when I saw that, I was like, "That's First that's Contact what I was brilliant." First Contact's a great movie. Mm-hmm. Love that. Movie. That's the first one that went back and said, "You know, we can kind of retcon stuff." It wasn't even retconning stuff. It was just we can make a damn good movie yeah. that isn't. And it know, was a Star Trek time traveling movie that worked. It would work because it, it, the balance in it is perfect. Is it, uh, we'll just, I don't want to get off the tangent of this, but I love that movie. <laughs> so uh, uh, you mentioned we had something else. You mentioned uh, was, no. We had some, didn't we have something else we were going to talk about? No, we were going to talk about the, the sad stuff. At the oh, end. Guardians. Yes. No, I knew that uh, the Guardians one was the Guardians being back on top, yeah. which isn't much on top. Uh, I don't, I are, you, are you surprised? Are you surprised? No, because I'm it's not. the same. One of those two films was going to be number one. If you look, it's, it's like less than a million dollars or less right. than two million dollars that separates it. Again, it'll be it'll be weird to see what's next week. What's amazing Whether though is are going how much back to see Turtles, or if people are going back to see Guardians. I still haven't seen Guardians a second time. 
Well, yeah, I'll, I'll go I with you. I haven't either. Don't worry. Yeah. You're not the only one. I just don't, I don't know any thought. I, I, I want to see at least one or two more times before it leaves the theater. So. Oh, God. Um, the movie wasn't that good. So, uh, speaking of Guardians. Um, you spent like, what, $500, $600 already on Guardians? Are you counting the statues and everything with yeah. that? <laughs> About that. <laughs> I just found out I'm getting the Star-Lord one for my birthday, which will end up being out in March, so. Um, did you see uh, Vin Diesel was uh, he got nominated to the uh, ALS challenge by James Gunn? So he he also uh, he said, "Well, I'll do it, but I'm going to up you at ante." And he said, "It was plant a tree, plant a tree for Groot." So he wants everybody to start planting a tree, which I think is kind of a cool idea. You know, if everyone out planted a tree, because the baby Groot now spoilers, you know, everybody it seems usually to, you say spoiler before whatever. I think if by now, if you don't know, there's a baby. How do you plant a tree with ice, though? <laughs> you do you put the ice in the ground? Yeah. Does it make an ice no, what tree? No, yeah. what you do is you plant that's gonna, a hole. That's going to make the world really cool. No, 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 no. Dig Here's what hole. you do. Do the ice bucket challenge over the hole. And I love the fact that you're pantomiming this, <laughs> even though. <laughs> you plant the tree everybody first. Everybody see me. You plant the tree first. Then you do the ice bucket challenge. So the water goes down and you know for the tree. There's uh, absolute I'm, dead silence. I'm surprised we stayed this long on it. <laughs> but yeah, Baby Groot is like a, taking over the world. Building ice trees. See, everybody's now going to be a tree hugger now that Groot's been out. So, um, or they turn on Groot, and then they'll cut trees down. Over the last, can you Groot? <laughs> or is that old, uh, that old deep thoughts? Like, would we cut down trees if they were screaming? Yes, if they screamed all the time. Did you see the meme I put up? It says if a tree falls in the wood, does it make a sound? And there's a picture of Groot, and he goes, I think we know the answer to that. That's dumb. <laughs> I was going to do a giving tree one with Groot, no, but two, somebody already two, did it. <laughs> the two best <laughs> memes lately, or three, is the Captain America Ice Bucket Challenge winner, Ice Bucket <laughs> Challenge champion, yes. 45. Um, there's a Titanic ice bucket I challenge saw that one, one too. <laughs> we challenge everybody on board. We challenge everybody on board. But the third thing is one of my favorite. It's, it's Vice President Dick Cheney, and it's <laughs> I poured water on people before it was cool. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that's so horrible, but so brilliant in ways that you can't even begin to imagine. I poured water on people before it's cool. Like it's when they had that that uh bath salts phenomenon or whatever mm -hmm. where people are eating each other and there's that meme of Jeffrey Dahmer <laughs> ate people before it was cool do, do you like the meme of the little kid from Africa that's going wait so you guys are oh that's been that's been yeah. forever my favorite one of those is uh, you stand in line you stand in line hours for an apple and it's not food yeah I was like that's great um, you're telling me that the Buffalo Bills haven't won four World Series? <laughs> or four for World Series. Yeah, World Series. You might as well. Um, <laughs> and I hate going to this now because we're laughing so hard. But uh, we did. This is what we call the awkward segue. Yes. Um, since the last two weeks since we recorded, we lost two major people that you know, actors, talents in the world. We lost Robin Williams, and then yesterday we lost Lord Richard uh, Attenborough. And you know, I, I just wanted to address that because you know they, Robin Williams was a was a nerd, you know, biggest nerd of anyone else in the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, he named his daughter Zelda for Christ's sake. <laughs> and you know, I mean, I think he, he just wanted to do the joke from the first uh, commercial whenever she got lost. Zelda, Zelda, <laughs> Zelda, Zelda, Zelda. 
well, which is funny, which is funny is that now um, there's a bunch of fans of the Zelda video game franchise mm-hmm. that are petitioning to make one of the characters named Robin. To, well, a, they they did the same thing for World of Warcraft because he played World of Warcraft, and War, and uh, Blizzard said yes, we are going to do Imagine something. Robin Williams playing World of Warcraft. And, uh, he was a huge gamer, apparently. No, he was he was gigantic. Yeah, no, I knew that. He used to he used like... to go in um, one of the toy stores, you know, that we. That's out towards like Riverside or something. He used to go in there all the time and and buy action figures and you know sideshow stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I did. I didn't realize how much of a geek he was or into this culture. But yeah, it's pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and something you know as I guess voices to this community we'd have to (laughs) address a little. No, it just cut out. It was odd. Oh, because I, I just saw you shake your head like it was real. No, weird. the mic the mic cut out. It was weird. Anyway, maybe um, yeah. I mean, Robin Williams. You know, I, I guess he's touched everybody's lives one way or another. You know, through his work. It's it's funny going through like all the pieces of work that he's done, and like when when it first broke news that he passed away, like you know, I was trying to remember. Oh well, you know, these are my favorites. You know, like. Mrs. Doubtfire or mm-hmm. like Patch Adams, and then I realized they go back and I'm like, you dude, he was Patch an Aladdin Adam. for God's sake. You didn't say you Patch know? Adams was one of your favorites, did you? Huh? You didn't say Patch Adams. I enjoyed it. It's not one of my favorites, but I the it. the day or so after he passed, um, the Aladdin Broadway show mm-hmm. took time at the end, and their genie, you know, addressed the crowd and everything, and they had the entire crowd. Well, there was a lot of stuff song. like that. Yeah. I mean, you know, Jimmy Fallon did the. The captain, my captain, mm-hmm. on the table. Yeah. No, it, the 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 Robin Williams one for so many different reasons, from not only the end, but you know, th- there are very few celebrity ones that get you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Michael Crichton got me when mm-hmm. Michael Crichton passed away. I was just like, wait a minute, what? Um. And Robin Williams was too, and it's kind of it's, it's hard because I'm watching Old Simpsons. Yes. And they're all Phil Hartman. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's it's sort of that that it brings up a lot of those, uh, a lot of those feelings because it was sort of the same thing with Phil Hartman. And mm-hmm. Phil Hartman wasn't you know it wasn't his fault, right? Phil Hartman was murdered. Yeah, um, that was a whole wife thing in there. Yeah, yeah, well, that was nasty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks, Andy Dick. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, there's there's I know. There's a there's a, a a very credible idea that Andy Dick was the one that got her addicted to drugs again. Yeah, that he was the one that was providing it for her. So I was trying to find what I wrote that day about Robin. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was that was oh, really good what you wrote. Ago. What was it? What was your guys? I I know so many movies he did. What was one of your favorites? One of my favorites is all time favorites. All time favorites of his is always going to be Mrs. Doubtfire for me. Like uh, I, that for me is just like remembering watching that with the family, and it was like I think my first uh, experience with Robin Williams when I was younger. So you know, I w- I always enjoyed that movie. It's still one of my favorites that he's done. So that one would be one of my tops. Um, the other one I would say would be uh, like One Hour Photo, which mm-hmm. is like the first time he's done anything like serious that I've seen. You know, oh, so that's a lot of serious stuff. One hour photo always it always makes me laugh because the funniest thing that ended up in that movie was I went to see that with a whole bunch of people from Target, and his dream sequence. And you don't know what the dream sequence was at first, and the, the aisles are perfect. And uh, you know, at Target when you fix the aisles, it's called zoning. Mm-hmm. My friend Tony's like, 
who the fuck zones that place? And I'm like, yeah, that's there's no way. And then it's revealed to be a dream sequence. Where, see, see, that's it. We're trying to look at each other like, there we go. Yeah, it's only in a dream that the store looks like that. Yep. Um, Rob Williams for me was he was one of my favorite comedians of all time, and mm. he was one of the first comedians that I knew as a comedian. Um, His stand-up stuff was amazing. Well, I the reason that I know not the reason. I discovered what stand-up was because of Robin Williams. Uh-huh. I was a Mork and Mindy. I watched Mork and Minnie. Um, Minnie? Minnie. <laughs> Mindy. Uh, but just loved that that whole show. And part of it was also because my parents didn't like it. Oh, I, I um, loved Mork and Mindy. Mork and Mindy was huge. And then uh, I had no concept of what a stand-up comedian was. You know, I just knew him as Mork. And then... We had a comedy radio station in Thousand Oaks, and I started hearing these bits, and I was like, "What? What exactly is this?" And that's how right. I discovered what like a stand-up com- uh, stand-up comedian was. And he became he was the first person I identified as a favorite comedian. I mean, I've had since Louis Black, Brian Regan, um, Jay Moore, people that I identify as a favorite comic. Robin Williams was the first one that was like, "That's my favorite comic." Right. Um, and it was just that that comedy thing. And I would go through and try and find projects. So it was hard to find like his stuff because he did movies that you couldn't see when you know, he did Fisher King and stuff like that. And World of World Gork. Oh, that was one of the most amazing movies. Yeah. See, I didn't see I was too young for that stuff. It was Good Morning Vietnam was the first one I saw. Right. And that was that movie was billed as a comedy, and you went to see it as a comedy, mm-hmm. and then two-thirds of the way in, that movie just switches. Oh, it was amazing. That, and that you switch. realize when you see it how nuanced it was up to that point, yep. what he was doing. And when that movie switches – Robin Williams switches mm-hmm. and it's fucking amazing. Um, Dead Poets Society was amazing. I still can't. I cried at the end of Dead Poets Society. It was the first movie I ever cried at, and it was him. It was that moment when they when they all stand up on the chair, and it was just like it was something that I would probably never encounter, right? But when you see it and it's still real to you. Well, it's still like, real to you wanna, right now. I can see it. I want to. It's like you, you're sitting in there. It's like if that ever happened, that's something you'd want to be in the middle of. I mean, just so perfect. The genie and Aladdin. Mm-hmm. Uh, One of my favorites is get rid of little more, the 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 genie the Aladdin. That's where Disney started again. Yeah. Everyone says Little Mermaid, and that's what started it. But the genie's where it it sold it. Aladdin does not work without the genie. Right. The genie doesn't work without Robin Williams. Disney doesn't work without Robin Williams. Yeah. He saved that animation studio. And then everything through there, I mean, we saw... Bicentennial Man. I don't remember if I even see Bicentennial Man. Bicentennial Man. I wanted to watch it after, you know, after the the news came out. But it it just... There's a moment in that movie, you know, because he he plays a silly robot and, you know, all these changes and everything. But there's a does kind of the same thing as you know as as uh, Good Morning Vietnam. There's a moment when it changes and it just becomes very real and you know it, there's a loving moment and it just it breaks well, you up watching it and to see him, the way and just like we were talking about, the way his performance can change within a film, it was amazing and how he could range from comedy to drama. To you do know, this, I mean, you you. Like I said, I went out of my way to see the homicide episode he was in, just mm-hmm. to see him. He's amazing in that. I mean, that he plays a his his family's killed, and right. he's like he's screaming at the police, like, "Why aren't you doing anything? Why are you sitting here?" There's a there's a great I remember now. I've never seen that episode more than once, and I still remember when he's walking out of the interrogation room, 
where they're interviewing him and the cops are sitting at the desk and they're laughing and he comes up like how how why are you laughing yeah how dare you and they're trying to tell him like look we run into this every day and he says well maybe you should do something about it you know mm-hmm. and it's just like oh um jumanji yeah um, what lies beneath one hour photo again it wasn't till after when they started re-showing a lot of the pieces of goodwill hunting mm-hmm. i forgot how much i love that movie yeah and his conversations and the things that that he does in that film are incredible it's just it's almost like there's too much talent to contain in one person mm-hmm. and people don't it took too long to understand how much talent was in him until he started getting oscar nominations and then he won yeah and then it was sort of like okay we, we kind of get this now but it's been funny to, to not funny um it's been interesting as as you hear people talking about it it's still I, I ran into somebody last night when i was checking out at the grocery store who saw the cover you know one of the covers of, of robin in you know she said so so how exactly did he die it's like he 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 strangled himself he hung himself and she's like i just don't understand it he was a comedian and i said most comedians are depressed yeah and she said, they're not and i said they are that's, that's why they're successful comedians because they have so much they of a... have to channel there's is it the best comedians there's the two types they're either really depressed or they're really angry right Louis Black is really, really angry. This is the only way. But it's true. Yes. And he's talked about it. The only way that he can function is to scream about how stupid America is mm-hmm. on a stage and make it funny. That's the only way that he knows how to process it. I get that. We've seen that here. I'll get like, you just want to scream and stuff. What the fuck are you doing? Right. You know, just as a society <laughs> or stuff like me, that. But, you know. but just in terms of like, like great <laughs> no, thing, I'm kidding. yelling at people, why did you go see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Right. That's cracks it. You had one job. Don't go. <laughs> Um, a lot of comedians are really depressed. There's yeah. a lo- look at how many comedians get hooked on drugs. Yeah, John Belushi died because he was hooked on drugs. Chris, Far- Chris Farley uh, died because mm-hmm. he was hooked on drugs. David Spade was hooked on drugs. Jay yeah. Moore was hooked on drugs. Um, Andy Dick was hooked on drugs. Robin was. Robin has, his struggles with cocaine were fantastic because he yes. said <laughs> cocaine is God's way of telling you you have too much money. Um, <laughs> that oh, some of those best bits when he had, when he had shows like things change when you have a child. And then you, you can't drink anymore because what are you going to do? Come home and say, oh, guess what? I get to throw up on you. Was it his Manhattan show or is it a DC show that they aired on HBO that was just amazing? I mean, you literally were laughing. Oh, the Live in New York is is a is an album. No, I mean, but, just, it was on not – I mean, it's like that, probably yeah, that's what five or ten years ago. Not even no, five, that's, that's not what even it was. Yeah, it, it was, it's the it's Live in New York. They, I mean, they they it was amazing. Just, just that I still remember his appearances on The Tonight Show. Mm-hmm. I mean, the time that he was on The Tonight Show and, and – I th- it was it was I think it was right when Leno was starting because I don't th- I didn't watch a lot of the Johnny Carson ones, but he he said uh, Leno said two words yeah like how are and that was it and it goes he was talking about Jewish women in malls during Christmas like ninjas yes. <laughs> with their pocketbooks <laughs> like 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 nunchucks and running through and they show that first. Uh, Tonight Show, where he's just running all over the place and stalking the cameraman. Mm-hmm. But the things that you you find afterwards, I knew a lot of the stories of his charity. I knew his yes. relationship with. I didn't know his full relationship with Christopher Reeve, how close they were as mm-hmm. friends beforehand. But I knew he had paid for his care. Right. You know that he had he had supplemented his bills. That he does that type of thing. And they're talking about on the Today Show. Every time he showed up, he walked through the crew. Mm-hmm. He showed up way early. To every single one of his interviews. So that he could meet the crew, he yeah. could meet the cameraman, he could meet the guy that handed out the fucking pastries. 
and he knew their names. Mm-hmm. And he's, he, knew, he has he one of the most personable married. people on set. And it's just like, and again, part of that mind working that he could remember people that yep. are like, they're not a Today Show set. So it's just, there there are few that hurt, and this one hurt. Yeah. And it still does. And it's just, I can't get over it. And the people that are like, well, you shouldn't celebrate it because I'm not celebrating him dying. I'm celebrating what he did. Right. Mm-hmm. But and you, you, know, have and to, you have to look at how he died because you have to realize there are people that you're looking at that maybe you think they're okay, you think they're fine, and they're not. Yep. And hi, puppy. That was a change. Um, it, it, that's where if there, anything happens out of this, that's what you have to take out of it. Yeah. You have to look at it. You're looking at someone who seemed, well, even then, he wasn't stable. He was never stable. When people are like, oh, he seems so happy. He, seems, he had four wives. Right. He was addicted to drugs over and over and over again. And he had just been. He in... was, and people, as, as there's those things, like you can see it in front of your face, but you don't recognize it until mm-hmm. something happens. Like, yeah, he spent a lot of time alone. Yeah. He was a big gamer alone. Yeah. He spent in his room playing WoW alone and stuff like that. So it's, it's sometimes the warning signs aren't things that you can see. That you don't recognize, right? You know, it's it's not as simple as, "Hey, I'm right here. I'm doing something crazy." You know, there there were the warning signs of what he was addicted to all the time. Is there those that type of stuff is there? But it just it shows you what kind of person, what kind of talent he was. That for even us sitting here talking about it, to to feel those emotions building up again, and to have it cut where you know, even though none of us knew him personally. It was still one of those things where he had made such an impact on our lives that, you know, you feel that pain. Well, when there's something important too, like I said, a lot of my inroads into what a comedian was and what comedy mm-hmm. was and stuff, and a lot of the comedians that I like were a lot like not a lot like Robin Williams because there was no one exactly like him. But again, Michael Crichton, right? Jurassic Park's one of my favorite books. I've loved all of his stuff. That's that's the type of thing that hit. In terms of a sports fan, when Junior Sale took his own life, yeah. that one got me too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I drove down to San Diego for his his public memorial service because you just never met him, never. Did, but he got me back into the NFL. He was my favorite player. Right. I became a Chargers fan because of him. That's so. There's there's connections to you. Yeah, you're never gonna sit there and like I don't expect to be invited to the funeral sort of thing. But it is something that still hits you, and and it'll still because there's so much around. It. I mean, the way that it wasn't like. You know him passing away in his sleep. It right. was also something happened to take him from us, mm-hmm. and that's that's the thing that makes you really hard. It makes you really angry. Well, I was I was down at Amy and Andrews like two days after it happened. We were talking about it because they are uh, they're acquaintances of Billy Crystal's, and they were saying that you know I, through their you know their daughters or anything, but um, they were saying that Billy it hit really really hard, and you know, it just—it's it, it, one of those things where there's a lot of anger and a lot of sadness. You know, that's there because of it. Mm-hmm. Well, you're, this is a, there's going to be a ton of anger. Yeah. For it, there's a um, well, the I can't remember it like word for word, but David Letterman actually shares a great story on the Tonight, the Tonight Show. Um, you mean a David Letterman show? Same thing. <laughs> don't tell him no, that. Not, yeah, don't tell him that. <laughs> No, but that was it went out of my way to try to find all those too, and and I missed the one. I, I missed found his. It, first I found one. it on his YouTube page, but um, he shares such a great story about the first time that he's met. Um, he met Robin Williams, and when they're all 
starting out being comedians and like this whole group and he shares a photo that he has with him robin and like two other comedians and uh tells the story and the story is uh, one of the greatest stories i've heard because you just uh it just shows you like even though robin wasn't that big he made it a point to when he got big to make sure that all those little people that he worked with before also made it yeah business like he gave uh he talked to the producers to give david letterman a role on mork and mindy and you know he shows the clip (laughs) too which (laughs) is like it's atrocious (laughs) but it's like it's just that that was the kind of person he was he wanted to make sure that anybody who wanted to work in this industry if he knew you he liked you he would definitely go out of his way to make sure his pact with his pact with uh christopher reeve that too yeah they said if one of us makes it and the other one doesn't the one who makes it has to take care of the one who doesn't. Yeah. yeah. And they both made it, but Robin Williams was obviously more successful than Christopher Reeve was, especially when he had his accident. He was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I can pay for that. The stuff he did in San Francisco, I mean, just yep. the, the, the charity work that he did in the city, he did stuff for, you know, the the, the, the life cycles and, and stuff like that. Norm MacDonald had a great story, too, where he's mm-hmm. just like, he was in the green room. He was supposed to go on the same night as mm-hmm. Robin Williams, and he's just sitting in his dressing room or whatever, like, getting ready, and he's like, oh, and then Robin Williams just came in and just assaulted him with... <laughs> just being Robin Williams, and he just couldn't stop laughing. And he went out there, and he was like, I, "I'll never be that that comedian. I'll never be that good." But you know, made him feel okay. And everyone had those those type of stories. And mm-hmm. uh, he, you can if you watched him on the Tonight Show, or anyone that shows the host or whatever show it was, was they had no amazing. they had no chance. You know, you're not going to you're not going to wrangle him in. You're you're, you're going to just. <laughs> Just let Robin be Rob. I think there's one time I don't I don't remember if it was Johnny Carson or, or David or uh, um, Leno or who it was, but they just kind of like threw the pencil up in the air and just sat back and for like the whole segment they just sat in the you know leaning back in their chair while Robin talked, and it was just one of the most amazing things. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what it was. It was like then none of those ones that I went back and watched like a bunch of his appearances too afterwards, and you don't. There's no opportunity for the host to even ask him any questions about anything that he's working on. Even if, like, I think it was uh, Craig Ferguson and he was talking about some movie he was coming out. And it's like, so, so what about this movie? And then so he literally takes, like, five seconds about talking about the movie and then runs on a tangent and just goes and just yeah starts being silly again. You know? What's going to be hard is he still has four movies that are coming out. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> um, Yesterday, the 24th, Lord Richard Attenborough passed away. Ninety mm-hmm. one, I think. Ninety? Ninety? It was ninety or ninety one. Um I didn't put that one down. I put everything else about him <laughs> but that. Um best known probably as Chris Kringle in Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Mm-hmm. And who Chris? Oh no, he'd be best known as John Hammond in Jurassic For you, Park. maybe. No, he'd be welcome be- to uh, I guess, I guess, Jurassic but yes. Park. The yes. movie that, if you adjust it, made $1.5 billion. Yes, I'm pretty sure that's what most people would know. <laughs> yes. I see, you know, and, and I had forgot that he uh, not only directed Gandhi, but was you know a producer and so big on making sure that movie got made. Mm-hmm. But, yes, as you know, many British actors are, they get knighted, but he actually got a lordship. He's a, he's a baron, mm-hmm. or was a baron, which is pretty cool. <laughs> it is, yeah. Just because of, you know, being successful in a field and he becomes a baron. Just knowing his acting style, um, when when I was in film school and I was doing my thesis, or I was 
preparing my thesis and my script called for, you know, like an older mentor type. Right. The first person I thought of was Richard Attenborough. When they asked me, like, oh, well, list who you would think as, as far as actors today, who would you think would fit into your role perfectly? And so for the, the father slash mentor figure in that, in that screenplay was always Richard Attenborough just because of, you know, his performance in uh, Jurassic Park just kind of gave me the same idea because the movie is kind of, you know, or his character is kind of the same kind of character that was in Jurassic Park. But yeah, I can't see anybody else like playing that part, you know. So. Oh, the, the welcome to Jurassic Park line is just, you know, as you're talking, that's all I can hear in my head. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's done that line a billion times. Now I want to go to Jurassic Park. <laughs> Let's go. Like a real Jurassic Park. So, um, anything else you guys got you want to talk about? No, I think, that's I think we killed the mood. Right. <laughs> so our next episode is going to be my birthday episode, which is we're going to do. Uh, I want to do Star the Wars. The narcissistic episode? <laughs> yes. Good God. <laughs> it's going to be all about me. <laughs> no. How many and other birthday episodes did we do? Oh, that's right. We didn't do any. <laughs> You're going to be uh, recording that one by yourself, right? Yeah, I think that's the way to go. <laughs> I think it's time for the vlog. So anyways... Um. Yeah, we're kind of running long here, but we're gonna wrap yeah, things a surprise. up. All right. So, as always, remember, Nerdables is on Stitcher Radio, which is a great way to listen to I'm us. Still surprised that you have to scroll the script down <laughs> so you could say this. It's not like you haven't said it. We're on places where people now. listen to stuff. We're also on SoundCloud and iTunes, and please. Everybody, go to iTunes, subscribe, and leave us a comment, even if it's to say hi or F you or get off the air or whatever. Just leave us something. There has to be people listening in order to leave it. <laughs> uh, also we go to know that you hate us. Yes. Go to Facebook.com slash Nerdables and let us know something there. Tell Chris to say hi. And, you, know, you really appreciate him tonight. <laughs> <laughs> he needs it. Um, or go to Twitter, at Nerdable Show. And also you can visit our website. I'm still always surprised when he gets <laughs> gets it right. <laughs> go to our website. I can't believe you didn't talk about that. What? You didn't talk about Aaron Paul destroying L.A. for his scavenger hunt today. Oh, I didn't see it. You I didn't even know about that either. I didn't know about that. Yeah, he had an Instagram uh, scavenger hunt for scripts or something. Mm. Scripts, posters, dolls, action figures, and cool art hidden all over Hollywood. Mm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So for Chris and Ethan, what I completely forgot. What? Um, our buddy Scott Loss. Yes. Put up his Kickstarter campaign for the next couple issues. It's always good to wait till the end when people have already turned it off. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> That's a good way. This is this is where the power of editing comes in. <laughs> <laughs> so our good friend Scott Loss has put up his Kickstarter campaign for the next couple issues of uh, his comic book series, Second Shift. And uh, by what I hear, his Kickstarter has already uh, received enough money. You haven't been there yourself? Hmm? Well, not yet. No, his, uh, he has. He's, yeah. he's already plus he's what already, he needed. Yeah, he's already gotten what he's needed as far as to make the comic books, but he's still looking for additional funds for like finishing and stuff like that. Well, anything he does will also go to further the comic book series. Right. So head over to Scott Lo uh, scottlostcomics.com. Uh, I'm sure he's still got a link up for his Kickstarter page. We'll put a link back up on our Facebook. And we'll also put a link up on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, we have a Facebook? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, check it out because he's a cool guy. His comics are pretty cool. So check it out. 
So for Chris and Ethan, I'm already saying so anyways.